and welcome to Daily Record Sports Podcast. It's an old fun special. Um, on the day that Rangers won the final derby of the season, um, fairly resoundingly, Michael, um, what's your first thoughts on the match itself and Celtic's non-show? Yeah, resounding is the word. It was a pretty comprehensive win for Rangers. It could have been far worse for Celtic uh, in the end. Uh, I think what we've seen was two teams, one who wanted it more, needed it more and got more. Um, Celtic were pretty poor right from the first whistle. I thought they were a bit, I mean, when you say pretty poor, I thought abysmal. I mean, I mean, that, I mean in that first, that first 75 seconds, I thought they were just, just poor. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, then, then it was downhill. Abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> then it was downhill even quicker. But yeah, Celtic were, were, were fairly awful, weren't they? Mm. Uh, Rangers right on it, right from the start. Um, big questions about Celtic lineup, formation, yep. game, game plan. Um, attitude, design. Neil Lennon's had an absolute howler of a day. Bad, bad day for him, wasn't it? Uh, and the, the PR war to, to, to win over the, the support, that was a massive blow today for him. Uh, albeit a meaningless game for Celtic and for Rangers, that's, really. That's the irony, isn't it? Uh, if there is a meaningless game, it's all cliche. There's no such thing as a meaningless game. Yeah, there is. That was today. But it's a major blow I'm, for I'm his sure, hopes. I'm sure it didn't feel like one. No, you know, it the, 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 Those Rangers fans come out of that stadium absolutely buzzing. They're now convinced that they've got the superior force that, that their side's on top. Stephen Gerrard's given himself some soaring expectations to deal with here, is he not, you? Yeah, well, he had the same problem on January the 29th last year. Uh, December the 29th, sorry, last year. Um, they, they won a, another big breakthrough to, to beat them at Ibrooks at the New Year derby. Uh, they, there was that same resounding, oh, this is it, it's turned. Yeah. And then you go into the transfer window and they sign Jermaine Defoe. And they signed Stephen Davis, and suddenly Rangers were favourites to win mm-hmm. the title at that point. Now, the the thing that Rangers didn't do then that they need to do now is build, because Rangers had an atrocious February yeah. into March, dropped points in, in games that, that they should never have been well, here's, stumbling at. Here's so the that, that's the thing. Going forward, they need to actually show progress. They need to show that, that the bar has now been set, right, and this bar does not go down. Here's the irony for me. You're absolutely right, what you said there, about December 29th, Rangers then go into the January window, Gerard um, gets Stephen Davis and, and uh, Jermaine Defoe, and you're right, people did look at that point and say, you know, Rangers have got a real chance here. The irony being, if you now look at what Rangers are, the side that Rangers are, with Defoe and Davis in it, they do look like championship challengers. They do look like a decent unit. It took Gerard so long to get them into that team. In fact, he only really put them into the team once the title was gone. Mick, yeah. do you well, see the, one, the irony in this? I also see the irony of the one guy arrived in January, maybe under the radar and the kind of very little fanfare, has probably been Let's the best. Let's not use the radar word. <laughs> <laughs> um, Glenn Kamara, I mean, look at him today. I mean, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. He was sensational. Uh, he looks as though he's going to be a major player next year. A guy who maybe arrived with the expectations of being a kind of squad guy. Yeah. Um, I think Rangers paid 50 grand to get him out early. Um, I mean, it's not, I mean, quite how and why Dundee let him go for that kind of money in their situation. I mean, defies belief. I mean, he looks, like, he looks <laughs> he, a top-class player. I mean, he, today, he was superb. Yeah, he, he's um, been pound for pound steal of the season yeah, in terms yeah. of the transfer business. But here's another bit of irony as well. Again, surrounding another old firm game. Defoe and Davis... It, it took a while to take off, particularly Davis. But the the turning point was when Alfredo Morelos was mm-hmm. sent off in that game yeah. for elbowing Scott Brown at Celtic Park. Mm-hmm. Defoe comes in because there's there's no other choice. Defoe's the man at that point. The system is tweaked. 
in order to accommodate the foe, and it ends up turning out to be the best he's, thing he's, that could have happened for Stephen Davis. He stumbled across. He stumbled across his best yeah. team. That's so, it's what's happened to yeah. him now. He's a young manager who every day is a school day. He will take some time, but that team, this team, is almost unrecognisable. The one yeah. that he was that was using earlier in the season, and today was an absolute point of interest for me. Was that when Rangers won that game in December 29th, Ross McCrory was. The, the man at the middle of midfield, right? The, the anchor man in there. Ross McCrory's job as a midfield player is just to win headers, win tackles, break things up. They put Steve Davis in there, and I was wondering, it'd be interesting to see if they go with that, because what you're saying is, Celtic, we're going to take you on at a passing game. We're going to try and pass through your midfield. They absolutely dominated the midfield from start to finish. Celtic didn't get a kick in there, Mike. Yeah, Rangers today had... A midfield, I mean, arguably five across the midfield, five midfield players on there. We Celtic had three with the two white guys, and they get completely outnumbered. Middle of the park, they were completely swamped. Anytime Tom Rogic was on the ball, he had two blue jerseys in the back mm-hmm. of him, stumbling around, didn't make any impact. Uh, negated Callum McGregor, and, and Brown, Scott Brown couldn't get on the ball to dictate the play either. Mm-hmm. Um, the midfield battle was a, was a non-contest. I'm surprised that Celtic played. I thought they, they would bypass the midfield and maybe go along try and combat Rangers pushing up the park and mm-hmm. trying to win the ball off their, their defenders. Everyone knows how to play it from the back. And by the way, I don't think they're that strong at the back. They're not, it's not Franco Baresi coming at the back there. Um, I mean, they get pressurised, they make mistakes. So I thought maybe trying to negate that, they'd go long, hit the ball but, long. They but, had Burke up front. That, was, it not, was it not just weird. me, Mike? Was it's it not weird. just me? Rangers weren't pressing. Hi. Well, the first goal when, comes when, from, when Celtic had well, the ball, the, the they, were, goal, they were letting Celtic knock the ball about, whereas in previous matches they have gone well, and not, engaged higher up the park. Yeah, but the first goal comes from, from Lustig getting pressed high. Yeah, he sees the ball, ball gets turned over, free kick, goal. Um, so the, the right away the, the, the pattern was set. But even then, I thought, get, uh, the first 20 minutes, you know, they knew it was Celtic, knew it was going to come their, their, their direction. I don't understand that, that stuck into that, that kind of way of playing. It was strange. Um, but middle of the park, Rangers are looking good middle of the park. I'm saying Davis, Kamara. Arfield are look like great. Jack as well. And Ryan Jack in there as well. That's a, that's a, a pretty strong midfield um, group. I think they, I thought they, I think they dominated the game completely from start to finish. Going back to the point you made about Rangers finding form in the last you know, few weeks, you've got to remember as well, the season's finished. Yeah, yeah. And Rangers have been at times this season terrific when the pressure hasn't really been on. Mm-hmm. And then the game, when the pressure has been turned up, they haven't been able to maintain it. Now, since losing at Celtic Park, league's finished, the league was done, remember, new league was done. And they have went six in the bounce, but it's not really been playing for anything. Even today, the league's finished. So the pressure's been completely off. And I, when, I, when the pressure's I, off, I, they're, they're terrific. I agree. We need to find out how they're going to cope when the heat is really on. I agree. That's but, the big task to go next season. But I just believe that the difference that's been made by playing Defoe and Davis is that's the, they are a different Rangers side yeah. to the one. So, yes, I agree with you. The, the test will come to start that's next the season. Can you yeah. start the season by going and winning five, six, seven, eight games yeah. on the bounce? Because then we'll know it's a serious, credible title challenge, if they can. Um, in terms of, you know, the the, the performance today, what, what was most that caught your eye, Ewan, about... Because I'm, I'm still staggered by the lack of performance, the lack of energy, the lack of drive, purpose about Celtic's performance. I, I, I'm, I'm stunned by it. I'm also surprised at Neil Lennon. I look at him... And, you know, he's usually a, an absolute fireball on a day like that. He didn't get engaged. He he just seemed to sort of shrug his shoulders and let it wash over him. That's There was nothing about Celtic's performance that, that embodied the, the manager. Yeah, I, I'm struggling to think of a worse domestic Celtic performance 
in the last five years. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely, I've been racking my brains. I cannot think of another display that, that was just as limp as that. Rangers, they started with a high tempo. Quite clearly, the game plan was to strangle the life out of Celtic, give them no time, get on them, and and it worked. But, but Celtic had no alternative. Mm-hmm. They, they, they resorted to just trying balls over the top that were going nowhere. I, I, I've never seen such a lack of quality and guile on a Celtic team in such a long time. 83 minutes before they get a shot on target. For first shot on target, yeah. And that's, even then, that's, that's that was... That's the alarm bell. Yeah, but, but yeah. Keith, look at that. Their first shot on target, it was a sitter. Mm-hmm. So even when they do finally, after 83 minutes, finally get that shot on target, Oliver Burt's got the keeper and the goal at his mercy and he hits it straight at Wes Fodderingham. And, you know, it's, it's just baffling. Do you, know, do you know what's crazy, right? There's almost a temptation here to say, well, this feels faintly like a point of crisis for Celtic, which is ridiculous, given that, you know, they're a couple of weeks away from a treble treble, nine trophies in the spin, three years of absolute immaculate dominance, and yet, yet, there are major issues that are clearly going to have to be addressed. I think think you can always draw parallels to these games through the years, can't you? I think it looked a wee bit like... Remember when Rangers won the title 2009-10, I think it was, when, when Lennon first came in as caretaker and he won six games in a row playing against Rangers and beat Rangers in that seventh game, won seven in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and that Rangers team at the time under Arthur Smith was looking aged and it looked as though it was in its last legs. A wee bit. Uh, I think there's a bit of that. Celtic, this, this team looks though it's gone through a tough three years. It looks to be coming to the end of its Pedro Casino style cycle, as I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's guys there that, that, that's coming to the end of the line, this, this Celtic squad, and they've managed to limp their way to the title and into the final. A treble title is not to be sniffed at, by the way, but it does look like a team that needs well, how serious refreshing is this? How break. serious is this summer for Celtic, uh, Michael? How It's big, but listen, you, you look at what, at the moment they're looking at, you could have... Tierney, Ayer, Simonovic, Brown, McGregor, Forrest, uh, Rogic, Edward. So that's the core of the team. Not bad. Mm-hmm. So they need a couple of centre-halves, a right-back, back-up left-back, centre-forward, an attacking wide player. Still need five players, so five first-team players. This is the first. This is probably the first time in, in for four or five years Celtic have to go out and buy five first-team players, or four or five starters. They haven't really bought a starter I mean, Edward maybe uh, last summer, mm. but the recruitment's been a bit a bit off. A bit off? It's been um, all over the shop is what the recruitment's been. So, no, no. so when was the last player to come in and be a, a regular starter? It's, it's been a regular signing. I mean, Benkovic on loan maybe, but they played, mm. they've been fit all season. Um, so it's a big summer, so they have to go and get a manager, <laughs> or decide on a manager and bring in five first team players. Right, well, let's That's go, a, let's... Lot, a lot of money and it's a lot of... And, and replace uh, Lee Congerton who's just left as well, head, head of recruitment who, uh, yeah. who won't be missed. Let's, no. let's not beat about the bush no, here. He, yeah. he'll, he'll be missed as, as badly as Ollie Burke, I would have thought. Now, getting back to that today, Mike, Oliver Buck, would you like to talk me through? I mean, I, I was really surprised and I know you thought that you'd sussed out the tactical I could see reasoning thinking. behind it. I, I could see the thinking. Um, if they had played that way of going direct getting Rangers turning and, and beating the, the, the press. Um, but unfortunately, Overpark must drive managers up the pole, uh, as well as supporters. I mean, you look at a guy who's, I mean, rapid, built like a tank, and uh, you think, this guy could be a player, and then you throw him a ball. That's, that's <laughs> when the difficulties start. And unfortunately, the game kicks off, and he's, listen, he's, his first touch is, is poor. 
He's reading the game. Second touch isn't much better. I mean, I just I don't know what he sees. And I don't. It looks to me like a guy who, who doesn't even watch match of the day, let alone watch a football match ninety minutes of it. He's the he's the opposite of Andrew Robertson, who was ditched by Celtic as a youth because he was too small. Mm. He had the quality, but he was too small. Oliver Burke is the exact opposite. He he is an athlete. If you, if you look at him, if you stand close to him, it's not very good for your your ego. He's, I mean, the guy is a built monster, like a tank, yeah, absolute yeah. monster for such a young guy as well. You know, there's probably still even more development in him. But I, I think too many managers are blinded to the physicality of him, and they're, they're not it's, seeing it's, enough you know, end product it is, from him. It's staggering. Uh, he's got thirty million pounds. You know what? There has been some games when um, see that unpredictability when the player himself doesn't know what he's doing. In terms of mm-hmm. game management, it can actually sometimes work to advantage because defenders can't have a clue what's happening no. because he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. So when it works, it works because it does fool everybody. Uh, it happened when he first he first joined. Listen, they had a good run of fixtures when he first joined Celtic, and it was quite an easy run for them. So he looked, he did, they did come off. But when the teams are organised and know what they're doing, he can get snuffed out quite quite quickly. And I thought, I thought he was poor again. I thought his decision making was poor. The final ball was non-existent, and uh, that chance summed it up, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, Managed to get in the position and then the finish was pretty woeful. Yeah. But I don't think he's, he's not going to be around in the long term. No, Celtic, I, I don't um, think it'll be missed. That's why I just no. found it strange that, that Neil Lennon made that decision. Because, you know, meaningless match, though many people will call this. For, for Neil Lennon, it's not meaningless. For Neil Lennon, every match right now counts. This is his big audition. And that's a real big black mark that's just been deposited beside his name. Um, t- can he come back from this, Mike? As I say, I think it's, it's a major PR blow for him. I don't think it's, I think it's unfair to judge him on this this match in terms of the wider <coughs> picture. Um, just, the job choked in a cup of tea. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't that big a point. Um, <coughs> Sorry, his job me. was to get the, the, the league one and possibly the cup, and he's and he's he's done most of that now. Pretty, I mean, no other Celtic manager has had a, a run of fixtures that he's had to, had to face. I think he's only played two teams out of the top six in twelve games, um, and that was the first defeat he's had. So he's got the job done. Difficult matches, Hearts, Hibs, Rangers, Aberdeen, Cup semi-finals, got the job done. So I don't think you can say, oh, he's a bad day today, therefore he's, he's a dud, don't give him the job. But I think, unfortunately for him, he's got to persuade the wider Celtic audience, and I think there's a growing number, a substantial number, who are unconvinced about him in a long-term well, does he? manager. He did, not really, he just has to convince Peter Lowell and, and Dermot Desmond. Yeah, but, but Peter Lowell and Dermot Desmond are tapped into the to the uh, the, the psyche of the support as well. They knew that when, when they brought in Ben and Rogers that they gave the, the punters a, a bit of stardust and it got immediately 10,000 fans back in the ground. They don't want to risk losing people again. And then I think Not going to lose people. They're, they're on the cusp of nine. They start next season looking for nine in a row. They're not going to lose. You could put... Who uh, who be the huddle hound? You could put him in the dugout. The place will be the place will be rammed Here's, this season. I don't know, Celtic fans can be quite Celtic fans are, are quite vociferous when they get. Like, I mean, they don't they don't accept. Um, they're not going to walk out massive discontent. Nine in a row, ten in a row. No, I know you know Here's that. Here's the sticker twist issue that that Peter Lowell and Dermot Desmond has now. Neil Lennon, say Celtic fans, and I, I did the hotline after the game here. Celtic fans are saying a lot about Neil Lennon at the minute, and none of it's good. There, there is a huge amount of the Celtic support that have yet to be convinced that going back to the lit firework will not end in things blowing up in their face. Mm. But what Neil Lennon does bring is continuity and understanding. If, say, let me pluck a 
a dream name out of the hat. Say Roberto Martinez in some parallel universe was convinced to ditch the Belgian team to come and take over at Celtic. Mm -hmm. He would want control of everything. He would probably want to change everything top to bottom. Do you really want to take that risk? Do you want to change everything at a time when nine and the fabled ten in a row are there within your grasp? Whereas Neil Lennon goes in there, he knows the job already, he knows the club inside out. If John Park his former the head of recruitment was to come back in as well, which has been that strongly be talked about. Would that be preferential to having a guy who hasn't committed to the club, who doesn't have that strong understanding of Scottish I, football? Neil I, Lennon is the safer option completely for agree Desmond with, and Peter Wilwell. completely agree with you. And here's the problem. Neil Lennon was looked upon. He is the safe pair of hands, right? Yeah, You don't need to wait for a guy to get up to speed with the club with Scottish football, with Motherwell away, with Livingston, with plastic pitches. Neil Lennon understands it from back to front. He understands the football club. He understands the importance of where they are in their history at this minute in time. Neil Lennon gets the whole thing. He has absolutely the safe pair of hands. And then that happens to Damon. And that, I think that damages the safe pair of hands. Like I said today... It doesn't, it doesn't really matter in the grand, the grand scheme of things. Celtic will probably It will out. convince the Celtic supporters, who you were talking about earlier, the very Celtic supporters who have been doing not much more than tolerating Neil, Le yeah. Neil Lennon, it will convince them that they are right, that Neil Lennon isn't the no, man. Uh, listen, that's, I understand that, but, but football fans are famously... Yeah, they, these are the same football fans that used to be like all, all Neil Lennon. Yeah, listen, they're all Brendan Rodgers. And they could be just as now quickly... Now they don't want back in the, in the yeah, country mm -hmm. again. They could just as Celtic, quickly Celtic. get back behind Neil Lennon. This this has been yeah. a terrible day, as we said. Neil Lennon was at pains before this game to say, this does not define whether or not he gets the job. Mm -hmm. It's naive to think that that's not the case. That This has to have some kind of influence. It has to have some kind yeah, of seed in, put it, put it way, in the mind. Put it this way, Mike. If Neil Lennon goes to Ibrox and wins 4-0 today, yeah. then his credentials yeah. are rubber-stamped. Yeah. Right? So... Just the, uh, this is the opposite. Yeah, but that, listen, that performance today by Celtic looked had every, all the hallmarks of a team who's won the league. And that's what that happens when a team is highly motivated against you when you've already won the league. Mm -hmm. Celtic had a, had a post end of season party last weekend. The mentality drops, even if it drops ten percent in old firm game, you get punished. Mm -hmm. We've seen we've seen worst Celtic teams beat better Rangers teams at Ibrox in games in the previous history and vice versa it happens now and again and it's had to, and it Celtic were, were probably due one of these ones and it was all going to come after the title was do you done know, do, you, do you know what so I think you can detach this game from the, the bigger picture Celtic got 37 days to the back to pre-season training mm -hmm. Celtic go and win the, 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 the Scottish Cup against Hearts in a, in a decent enough style which they could well do because Hearts have been pretty woeful um, so they've got a few weeks and it's back to pre-season so they need a manager and five five players for, for the Champions League, forget nine and ten in a row. That's all part of the the, the, the longer term. They need to get that squad ready well, to begin in Europe. Well, well, again, to all the Celtic fans who may be turning their nose up at Neil Lennon, they, they might be wise to cast their minds back and realise that Neil Lennon has a better record in Europe as Celtic manager than Brendan Rodgers yeah, ever had, yeah. and pulled pragmatic off in pulled off one of the biggest results in the club's history yeah. by beating the mighty Barcelona at the time when they were they were unarguably the greatest force in the, in the world. Yep. I just, I, I, listen, I hear it all. I, I worry what impact this might have on, on Neil Lennon's hopes of getting this job for the simple reason it was the nature of the performance. It wasn't even the result, mate. You're right. People can lose old fun matches. There's no yeah. shame in losing a derby. 
But it was the it was the non performance. It was the fact that Celtic didn't turn up. That I found yeah. I found actually incredible. Yeah. And 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 by the way, I think it's important to stress at this point that you know a lot of that the credit for that must go down to the way that Rangers approached it because they just smothered Celtic right from the start. They were all over the top of them. It was a it was a really really convincing Rangers performance, wasn't it? You? Yeah, yeah. They had a game plan and they played it like a Stradivarius violin. They were they they did everything right today, mm-hmm, yeah. except for one thing, and and let, let's not forget about this that John Flanagan, yes, at a time when when there has been so much debate about Rangers' disciplinary record, at a time when Alfredo Morelos had taken all kinds of of criticism for letting the side down and at Celtic by Park. Alan McGregor. Here, John Flanagan goes and does that. He could easily have seen red mm-hmm. today, and. Would, would it have changed the overall result? Perhaps Rangers were just so dominant today well, I think, that it wouldn't I think, have... But I think if you go down to 10 men, that's a momentum shifter well, right there. Ra- Rangers still need to address this. Mm-hmm. As good as their performance was, they still need to pull up their socks when it comes to their, uh, their performance in terms of discipline. Was it a red card for you? I think so, yeah. How can the referee see it and judge it to be a yellow card, mate? That's, I don't understand how. It's, what, it's what's uh, known as a cop-out. Yeah. I if saw it, it. If he thinks it's perhaps the, it's a, a, an aggressive shoulder across, maybe, I don't know. But if he sees that that motion of the arm, I don't see anything apart from a red card. But then it goes back to this game. It didn't, it's, it's a meaningless game. Because if that, if that happens in December, and Rangers go and win the game in December, in the same style... You'd have a week. Challenge be international instant. We'd be calling a summit in Perth. We'd all be going up. Yeah. It would be referee strikes. There would be honestly, it would be, be chaos. But because of the, the nature of the game, like I say, I, think I got the impression at Celtic today that it was just a kind of shoulder shoulder shrug. Aye, the, of a the day whole match. Yep, the whole yeah. ninety minutes was yeah. just a shrug of the shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas Rangers had to make a statement, and they did. Yeah. And it will give their punters walking away today. A spring in the step and a, a huge amount of optimism for next year. They'll be saying, "When's they'll be looking for the fixture list coming out tomorrow?" Well, they, they now they will look at this and and by the way, not without some justification. When you now look at the body of evidence and the body of evidence being the last three derby matches, Rangers have outplayed Celtic for long spells of all of them, even down to ten men at Celtic Park in the previous one. These Rangers fans will be walking away from this convinced that their side is now the force, a superior force to Celtics. And that's before Gerard spends anything and adds in the summer. Is that going to be the biggest problem for Rangers? This expectation, this you know soaring belief? Oh, it should that's be an... a source of encouragement and inspiration. I, I'm a big believer that how a team finishes a season sets the tone for how they start the next one. We've seen that in... Not not just at the top of the league, sometimes towards the bottom as well. You'll see maybe clubs will go on a, a bit of a dip towards the end and for some reason they just struggle to get momentum back and, and they're struggling from the start of the following campaign. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rangers need to use this wisely. Like I'd said before, they've set the bar. The bar doesn't come down any lower than that. That is the intensity, the tempo, the minimum requirements that they have to deliver on a regular basis next year and not do what they did after the last old firm at Ibrox by letting it yeah, slip and yeah. believing their own press. Yeah, I, I think there's a big difference though between that game and this game and I think the difference is in the style that Rangers are playing with just now. There was no defined strategy or style to the Rangers' performance back in December to that particular team. It was high tempo, it was high intensity, it was 
you know, a press, and and that's that was all, you know, um, part part of the part and parcel of, of the makeup of that side. This side, the football it plays, is a different league from from that Rangers side. I, I, I think you just need to look at the second goal um, yeah. today. Arfield's goal. I mean, that's. That was terrific football. It was really easy in the eye. Particularly by Kamara, that was mm-hmm. superb. The composure that he showed in the middle of the park all day, but particularly at that point. Was, the the was dummy was, was yeah. superb, yeah. mate. Completely yeah. upended Chris Fryer behind him, yeah. didn't it? Um, but Rangers still need work as well. They still need, I mean, probably a left-back, um, maybe an attacking midfield player, a wide player, a centre-forward. I think now... The fear of losing Alfredo Morelos will maybe have gone, to be honest. I tell you what, see if, you're, if, see if you're Rangers, you sell Alfredo Morelos, you actively encourage bids, you, yeah. you get the maximum price that you can get for him, you get him out the door, and I go, I would go straight to Liverpool with a big chunk of it and say, we'll take Ryan Kent. Well, I was, going to, I was just going to say, Ryan Kent, again today, was, was outstanding. If they can get him back, that's a huge um, a huge step forward from getting him back in the building. Tough to get him right enough. It's... Um, Financially, not really. Not if you not if you take the Morelos money. Yeah, uh, but the danger there's always a danger in England that there's a club in the, the bottom half of the Premier League who will uh, we'll give you seventy grand a week. Yeah, that's the no. I'm not talking about Liverpool getting seven million pound. But unfortunately, a seven or eight million pound fee comes with a seven or eight million pound player price tag mm-hmm. in terms of wages. And a Crystal Palace or a Bournemouth or any of these clubs can say, right, there's sixty grand a week, and that's going to be an issue mm-hmm. for, for both clubs in Glasgow. Yeah. Um, so it's difficult in that respect. I think get him the one I watch because again, he was sensational again today. Well, that's why I'd be doing my business um, right away. I would, I would be, so, you know, actively seeking all bids in, please, putting it at a closing date yeah. in the first week of June, and getting Morelis done. And then how do I spend that money? And I, I think if they get in early with uh, with Ryan Kent, I think they've got the quicker the better. Yeah, they can get a deal done there. Um, it'll be interesting over the summer now, isn't it? I mean, I think. You know, we've, we've enjoyed this as a season, but I think you now look forward to next season and think, oh, this could really start to, to become a, a real proper, weighty, you know, um, significant title uh, battle next season. I, but it is all going to come down to what moves are made over these next few weeks now. Because, you know, I think you, you only need to think back to that Scottish Cup semi final that Mark Warburton beat Celtic. And that triggered a, a, a weighty response from Celtic, didn't it? And, and you, you look at it now and you think, well, is this the wake-up call? Is this the moment that they go, right, we're going to have to get serious again? This is a, this forthcoming season is the, the decisive one for Stephen Gerrard. I know that there was a, a great deal of excitement among the Rangers' support when Stephen Gerrard came in last summer, but he was a rookie manager. Mm-hmm. He had no track record really in, in terms of management. Obviously, as a player, it's incredible CV, but no track record as a manager. He now has that year under his belt. He's now had the time that he needs to find a system that works for Rangers, and he's put in place a lot of the personnel that he will use going forward. Next year, after another summer of strengthening an investment promised by the board, then we see what he's made of and then he will be judged. But what about in terms, Michael, of Celtic's response? Do you expect it to be emphatic? Well, I think you see in 2016, 
um, the response was it was almost like um, taking a bazooka to a knife fight <laughs> going, to, going to get Brendan Rodgers um, I don't, they can't do that again because there isn't that, that perfect storm for them to go and get that kind of A-lister manager mm-hmm. I don't think they can do that again there isn't one out there that's going to take the job um, but it has to be down but got, listen they've got a few weeks they've not got long to do this um, they have to recruit like I said five probably five first teamers which is going to cost a sizable amount of money so they've got the money but they need to use it wisely um, I think it will I don't think there's too much to lose now for Celtic to get this far into the, the, the 10 in a row charge and all that stuff they've got 8 in the bag 2 to go I don't think they can afford not to go and, and tool up again and respond because the challenge is there well, what, 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 Rangers and, and only need to find what are we talking about tooling up are we talking about a new manager or are you giving the job to Neil Lennon I think I think Neil Lennon has got the credentials to do the job and be and you're talking mitigating risk I think um, I think he could he, he'd be fine for the job I don't see that being a problem for Celtic right okay, Who, because as I look at the market they're in there's not going to be a Brendan Rodgers there isn't, isn't, isn't mm-hmm. there um, I just don't I don't think do you gamble on some trendy German guy coming in with this there's too much to lose taking six months to get to know too much to lose um, um, so I think he is a, he is a, a less of a risk than, than one of these guys so, uh, so, or do you go to a, a Steve Clark or, or someone more domestic? David Moyes is always hanging about looking for jobs these days. Is that going about? Is, are the fans going to go with that one? Three years ago, with a, with a welcome to the open arms. Now, not so much. Um, so they're in a tricky position, Celtic. They've got to sort out the manager. They've got to finish the season, won the, won the cup, first of all. They've got to get a manager that will appease the fans or, or sell, package the, Lenny by giving them the old tabloid war chest to go and, to go and mm-hmm. spend uh, on, on a new team. Well, again, that's, something, new, new that's something that Peter Lawwell tends not to want to do. Yeah, He wants to buy players that they can develop and sell on for a higher fee later on. That's been Celtic's business model for the last it's decade. It's been largely successful, so, hasn't it? So, do you stick to that model? Can you be patient and stick to that model? Or because the clamour is going to grow for nine and then for ten... You just throw money at it but, for two years and see what happens. That's will be what's Rangers, have, Rangers have, had, have, have laid that down. They're, they're not looking at the long-term project. I mean, don't bring in Jermaine Defoe and Steve Davis and guys like that on, on decent money and thinking, where's this legacy going to leave us down the line? This is Rangers are throwing, throwing everything at it to stop this. Mm-hmm. So Celtic have a choice. Do they stick to their, their tried and trusted method and their, and their ideology of bringing in raw young guys from emerging markets to, to polish up and sell on or do they say we're going to need like to park Marvin this? Comper Marvin Comper I mean yeah, yeah. answers in a postcard or do they park it for two seasons and go right it's the bazooka time again for two years and then we'll go back to they've given themselves the financial cushion to do that they've do got money see, in the bank see when you dig a little bit though into the, 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 the circumstances and the scale of the job at Celtic this summer it's actually pretty phenomenal you know the the the, they've got a cast of thousands in the first team squad um, yeah. a wage bill which is astronomical eye popping uh, and I think there's a real need to try and slash into that you know there's a pile of deadwood outside the front door at Lennox Town um, I've been writing my column for tomorrow you could, you could name actually a team of, of 11 players which would frighten the life out of no one apart from Celtic's accountants um, they're not contributing yeah not contributing, not not even on the fringes of the first team. They're just dead. And not easy to get off the wage. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Because you're saying, Mick, you need five new players to come in here. Well, are you really going to turn 
a 50, 60 million pound uh, budget into a 70, 80? Well, or, 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 or isn't, they're, isn't they're there an absolute necessity to get these guys off the well, books? Well, they're already going to, um, Boyata's going, DeFries is going, Gamboa's going, Izaguerri will go. Um, I'd, I'd imagine Olivier and Cham, I think, will be, will be going in the, this summer. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of players who are going to be leaving. Mm. Uh, Johnny Hayes, probably, I'd imagine, maybe will be going. So there's a big chunk going. Brendan Rodgers, who took it a, a sizable chunk of that wage bill himself, he did. has now gone and uh, and been replaced by a £9 million check, which yeah. was in the coffers as well now. Mm-hmm. So I think there is... I mean, I don't think that Scott Allen's away in the summer. A lot of these guys, they're stuck with guys like Abu Kouassi, four-year deal, £3 million. Injured this this season, but didn't do much before he got injured mm-hmm. either. Um, and a few and a plenty of others. But I think there is going to be some, some guys leaving. So that does free big, up... Big, here's, big, here's big an, yeah. here's another dilemma that will be a big test of nerve as well. We talk about is Peter Lowell willing to open the checkbook and spend? The bigger question possibly would be, is Peter Lowell willing to knock back a big check for one of his prized players? I'm thinking Kieran Tierney, for example, who could quite easily command a, a hefty price tag yeah. this summer. Does he sell? Does he stick with him? I, I think Kieran Tierney would break into Peter Lowell's office and uh, taken by the scruff of the neck if he thought that he was going to get sold at this point in Celtic's history I don't think mm-hmm. Kieran Tierney's yeah. got any desire so I think that makes that an easier problem yeah. to I solve. think he had quite a few injury problems this year as well which might mean that there's not quite the same interest I mean I think last summer maybe you'd have thought 12 months down the line there's going to be the door getting kicked in for teams to come mm-hmm. and get him I think there still is Listen, people know Kieran Tierney what he's about and what he can what he can do so there will be interest but I, I think I think you're right I think I think Maybe in the short term, I don't think that's going to happen um, now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, who who else would be leaving? Self? Who's who? Are the guys that are going to be sold? I don't know. Um, maybe someone come in with Chris Ayer. Maybe someone who's interested in Germany and him as well. But so I think there will be players that will be they'll be going off the um, out the club. So there will be scope to not as many. It has to be. It has to be more leaving as well. And squad's huge, mm-hmm. bloated beyond belief. That is, that's and that's um, what I'm saying. Though there is major, major, yeah. major work required getting done. Yeah. And not a great deal of time to do it. So yeah, this is the problem. That I mentioned the recruitment. I think Celtic signed about twenty-five players in, in the last six windows, and how many are actually first-team starters? Mm. Not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't argue with Brendan Rodgers improving players, which he has done. Out recognition, some of these players has improved. I mean, what the work he did was sensational with guys like Callum McGregor, James Forrest, these guys. Um, but the ones that signed haven't been good enough yeah. to, to get on the side. It's, it's funny, you know, because you you almost forget that Brendan Rodgers was was in charge at Celtic for that. Last match at Ibrooks, it was very actual similar level of performance. That in in many ways this one was was coming. I don't think. I think. I think that would have, could have happened today, regardless. Of, I think no matter what's happened, actually, I think it's been a pretty seamless transition from Rogers going to Lennon coming in. I think the results haven't really changed that much. Celtic haven't been. Actually, the results have been okay under Neil Lennon. They've been, they've they've been, been decent up until today. They've been decent. No, um, not not a single defeat. No, he's done everything that was needed. Listen, Celtic haven't really been firing all cylinders for eighteen months. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, last year they finished last year's league by eighty-two points. Like eighty-four already this season, so two points better off this year than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of the, the defining line when he left, there's, there's the, the before and after period, so you get comparisons. I don't think there's been any difference. I think Celtic have been laboured all season. They've been tired. They've been flat. Guys that have been the top performers have been flogged within an inch of their life. McGregor, Brown, Tierney, Forrest. Shattered on their knees, flogged for three years solid because the guys that came in weren't good enough to give them a break. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's been any change. I don't think there's been any difference, really. 
I think that result was coming, whether it's Brendan Rodgers in charge or Neil Lennon, because we, we saw a bit of it in December. Right, well, hold on then, Mick. I think we'll, we'll try and wrap this up. But are you, are you now saying that in terms of starting 11, Rangers' strongest 11, Celtic strongest 11, are you saying that Rangers are a better side than Celtic? No. No. When did, when did I say that? Well, just the way, <laughs> that you, were, just the way that you were talking there. I said they look tired and flat and they look they're in need of, of invigoration. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think... Who would be used to that? That's always a question, isn't it? Who would get in the, each other's team? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe now it's a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. At this point in time, I, I think, I think McGregor, Forrest, Brown, these guys are going to get shifted at the team. No, I don't think so. I still think they're, they're, I still think they're a, 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 a slight step above. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're on their knees. They can see, you can see it. We've seen it for the last six months. Mm-hmm. Right, there was some unfortunate. It was an old fun game. I can't even believe that I'm going to say it. But of course, there was some unfortunate singing uh, heard today from the Rangers fans. They, they went through a wee period of about two minutes in that second half where they turned up the offensive meter. Is that the, is that the right thing? Um, I, it's depressing, isn't it? It's just depressing after everything that's been said recently. You know, their own manager being targeted by the particular chant that was then targeted at Neil Lennon. Um, is there any any hope? It's been a depressing season in that respect. Uh, some of the th- stuff that has gone on off the pitch in the stands is subhuman and it's not acceptable. Um, was a chan- can, wasn't that can, a chance for them to grab the moral high ground there? But uh, they don't care about moral high ground. They, they, they tit for tat rivalry between football fans they, they don't care really about moral high ground they only, they only get up on their high horse when it suits them it, it's, it, there's been a lot of talk about how do we address this strict liability, is this the answer or what would happen if we did all, Well, you would just end up having rival fans going to try and get points deductions or fines yeah. for the other ones by posing as, as Rangers supporters or Celtic supporters there is no easy answer to this and the, the, the answer is, is basically that at some point someone like is going to have beings. to behave like a decent human being. And it's it's responsibility in their own hands th- and in the hands of their mates who maybe say, tone it down, come uh, on. I mean, just... Chanting for, about for the, the Lisbon Lions. Uh, I think, I mean... After, after recent events. It's terrible. Um, I mean, that, that's the thing. You would have thought, you would have looked at that. Rangers should be walking away for that. Chest puffs out, puffed out heads held high, you know, that is a real performance, a real marker down, a real statement, uh, yet we've got to waste Think 10 minutes of a life speaking. I've actually like seen a game of football that's worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just sad, it's depressing, it's actually so depressing, the whole situation. I and mean, you think, a fortnight ago, you, you see the, the kind of, the dignified uh, manner the response of, of, the, football of, club, of yeah. um, the way, after following Bill McNeil's passing and all that stuff, and you did John Gregg there, front and centre, and, and the kind of respect between the clubs, and I think, Maybe if ever there's going to be a lesson to a be moment, learned. Yeah. But you know, you just know. Listen, we've had Stephen Gerrard this season has said, right, cut it out. His, his, his pal, Steve Clark, getting abused. Cut it out. No, the week after, there's banners and all that and yeah. songs again. Neil Lennon, a couple weeks ago, after his friend Derek McInnes got abused, he said, right, enough is enough. Cut it out. They don't listen. That's they a don't ra- listen. They don't listen to their own the bo- managers. It's so what chance you got? What a, chance you got? A race to the bottom here, isn't it? But... You know, listen, let's, let's finish up on, on in terms of the, the football itself. Um, you know, Celtic, bit of a job in their hands to recover, get the, the life back in their legs for uh, for the, the Scottish Cup final in a couple of weeks. Is is, is this going to impact them? I think it's a, maybe it might be the ideal wake-up call for Celtic actually ahead of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think maybe I can have a boring nothing each door. I which might I might have kind of not been the effect that effect. Mm-hmm. This might have given him a jolt actually. Um, so it might, but in a weird way, be the best thing that happened to him. And in the long term, in terms of provoking a response for the summer, that's, I think now this is set up now for a, a brilliant summer. See what they do next. Of intrigue. Aye, yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's just see what they do, both clubs do next because the scene has now been set. That's talk about markers and all that stuff. I don't think it's a marker because a lot can happen to you now in August when the next meet and all that. But now it sets it up nicely for the, the summer. Gets it just gets the pot boiling. Say, mm-hmm. right, what's now we, now we don't know what's gonna happen. I think for the first time maybe in years we now we don't know how it's gonna go. Whereas I think up until this season, even this season, we kinda knew before the ball's kicked. We kinda knew it was gonna happen. Now all bets are off. Big, we don't know. Big question marks we sitting over the whole summer, we, isn't it? Exactly, we don't know. Right, great. Okay, well look, you could you know when I was back here and uh, what is this sort of broom cupboard that they've got was and Podcast nuclear, nuclear <laughs> Looks a bit like David Brent's office, doesn't it? Aye, it does a bit. Aye. Uh, right, well, anyway, at some point next week, somebody will be back in these chairs banging out another podcast. It's usually it's usually Mick Gannon because he's the king of the podcast. But uh, whoever it is, join us next week for more.